You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart, and I'm the coordinator of Religious Vocation Ministries in the Office of Religious for the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I also serve as the coordinator of CAVA, which is the Chicago Archdiocesan Vocation Association. We are a membership of, um, CAVA is a membership of vocation ministers and others who are interested and passionate about promoting vocation awareness and helping out discerners. And we are always open to partner with anyone who believes that God calls us and that we are helping others to respond to that call. A Dare to Love is that show that we host every first Thursday of the month at 8 to 8.30 a.m. Central Time. We cultivate that vocation awareness in the Archdiocese of Chicago and beyond. Um, today, I will be your host, and I have two guests on the phone. And uh, Brian here, who will be helping me, um, is our sound engineer from the office for radio and TV. Uh, I have two guests, Sister Mary Jo Kurtzinger, a CSJ. Hi, Sister Mary Jo. Hello, Lavina. Good to be here. And uh, she is uh, in, in the LaGrange uh, area in Illinois, uh, Chicago yeah. area. Um, but we also have someone from out of state, Sister Maria Victoria Cotaya, OSB. Hi, Sister Maria Victoria. Hello. It's good to hear you. And you are calling us from where? I am calling from Clyde, Missouri, the northwest corner of Missouri. For some reason, I was thinking that you were not in Missouri, but uh, somewhere more in the south. But I, I think I'm, you know, for some reason, I think when I met you from NRVC, uh, were you from somewhere else? Um, actually, I'm originally from Louisiana, so that's probably... That's what it was. Okay, I, I knew it was somewhere south, and, uh, and sometimes when you meet someone, you go, you know, you remember certain things, but yep. you're, you live in Missouri. Okay, that's wonderful. Well, sisters, thank you so much for taking this time 
for um, to have this conversation. Um, and last month, the last two months, actually, I had uh, School Sisters of Notre Dame, and they talked about their vocation stories, what they're doing in vocation ministry for uh, peace and justice, and what they've been doing, which a lot of people have been doing um, because they can't do a lot of in-person stuff. We'll talk about maybe uh, what you're doing uh, virtually or digitally. Um, and so for now, I, I think for the first part, this first session, why don't we get to know about you a little bit more? So we'll, we'll go first with Sister Mary Jo. Tell us about yourself. And, um, of course, you are now part of Kaba mm-hmm. as a membership. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. you can, you've also been attending some uh, uh, vocation workshops this summer, I believe. So, yeah, yeah go, go yeah, for it. Yeah, I, I live and minister here in the Chicago area with a lot of our sisters. But, you know, actually, Lavina, I'm part of the Congregation of St. Joseph that spread out a little more in the whole U.S. because about 15 years ago, seven congregations of our sisters decided to form a union to become one. So I'm part of a congregation that goes from north to south, from Minnesota to Louisiana, where Sister Maria Victoria is from. Uh, we go from Wichita to West Virginia, east-west, picking up tips in Indiana and Cleveland and Kalamazoo and Detroit in between. And, you know, one of the big motivations that we had for doing this was for the sake of the younger members of the future, um, so that there would be more peers who would live in religious life together. And I think that um, being in workshops with some of the other vocation ministers we also know that there is a great um, desire among women and men for religious life. That's right. And you um, yourself, in terms of your vocation story, yeah. I'm always uh-huh. curious. So the question would be, like, oh, yeah. how did you, you know, what, what, what's your story? How did you meet the sisters? How did you yeah. get to know them? Uh-huh. Well, you know, I grew up really expecting to fall in love and get married. I, I was 25 when I started working as a school psychologist in South Carolina, which I did by day. And then I got really involved in parish and diocesan ministries. I'd clock out of the school district at five and clock into the parish weekends. And I was doing everything from organizing Bible studies. I love studying the Gospels, especially watching Jesus, the original mover and shaker, you know, mm-hmm. teaching high school religious ed. Etc. My mother would hear, hear me talking about my involvement with church on the phone, and she'd say, I'm afraid you're going to lose your job. And I'd have to say, it's okay, Mom. I work hard at school, too. But when I was 29, I um, still thought I wanted to get married. You know, I, I bought a house, and I was looking at that fenced-in backyard and thinking, I wonder if there'll be little kids in the backyard playing with the dog someday. But I just wasn't ever dating anyone that I thought I'd want to spend my life with. And and by the time I turned 35, I was deciding to study theology. So a couple of years later, I was moving um, from South Carolina to Chicago to begin an MDiv program at Catholic Theological Union in Hyde Park. And by now, I was my prayer was sort of like... Um, God, help me either find Mr. Wright or a group of Sister Mary Wright. <laughs> and that's what, that's what led me to the Sisters of St. Joseph, because one of the reasons I chose CTU was because of their Bible faculty and their program of studying in the Holy Land for the fall quarter. 
and the program director turned out to be Sister Mary Ann, who's a CSJ, Sister of St. Joseph, who was also involved in Pax Christi, which I got involved with at school. And, you know, I'd already known some pretty famous CSJs, like Sister Helen Prejean, who um, was fighting the death penalty already in those days, and theologian Elizabeth Johnson. I'd read her doctrinal book, She Who Is, before I got to CTU. And when my Franciscan theology professor, Zachary Hayes, held it up on the first day of class and said, this is the most important theological book of the 20th century, <laughs> I was starting to feel my kinship deepen with the Sisters of St. Joseph. Yeah. So from there, you know, I I gradually entered. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is so interesting. Yeah. And since then, um, about how many years have you been with the CSJs? Oh, I've been with the CSJs for 18 years. Wow, that's yeah. great. Okay. I have. Never oh. a dull moment. Yes. Well, um, uh, I would like to also, um, so like, so um, with Sister Helen Brijan and all that, and uh-huh. uh, in a, in a, in, in a, a few moments, we're going to go on a break. Um, uh-huh. However, I think I would like to continue this conversation. We'll we'll go probably with Sister Maria Victoria and her vocation story, but I want to follow up with the probably yeah. the charism and mission of CSJ, because because sure. I, I know you're a, a very artistic community with um, music and art and all that. So uh, let's talk about that after we come back for a break. Okay. Okay. That all sounds right. great. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. Since 2006, the Charities Golf Classic has been held each summer to raise critical funds for Catholic Charities of Lake County. While this event cannot be held this year in person, your help is needed now more than ever. An online event is being held for all those who regularly attend this outing and want to continue their tradition of support. Your donation to Catholic Charities will ensure that all programs are running at full strength when people need help most. 92 cents of every dollar donated goes directly to helping people in need. Be a champion and support the Charities Golf Classic this year. 
go to catholiccharities.net and search for Charities Golf Classic or call 847-782-4119. That's 847-782-4119. Thank you. And we are back. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm your host for today, and my guests, uh, Sister Maria Victoria Kotaya and Sister Mary Jo Kurtzinger. We were talking previously about the vocation story from Sister Mary Jo, and uh, we're we are now going to. We, you were talking about how you uh, journeyed and discerned at first, probably with the possibility of getting married, having kids, and then eventually okay. um, that I think that call kind of became clearer and then um, opportunities came to you and you got to know uh, what the mission mm -hmm. and charism of uh, the CSJs. And we'll come back right. to that because um, yeah. I want to have that as a, the, the next topic for us. Um, but now I'm curious about Sister Maria Victoria and your vocation story, how you met the sisters, how you traveled from the Louisiana area and now into your current convent. Sure. Oh, well, mine's a little bit similar like Sister Mary Jo. Only um, for me, I was involved in a relationship. I was dating a guy for um, shortly right after high school to about two years on. And it wasn't until he asked me to marry him. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I, I was kind of shocked a little bit because it's not like we were having a bad relationship. But at the same time, I was like, huh, is this really what I want to do, spend the rest of my life with him? And so I couldn't tell him yes or no. I told him that I had to step back and think about it a little bit and pray about it. And it was during that time where I felt the Lord kind of stirring in me uh, to consider the possibility of religious life. And so, long story short, I um, ended up breaking uh, my relationship off with the guy that I was dating, and it was hard. Mm. It was hard at first, because like I said, it's not like we were in a bad place or anything, but I just felt the call of moving on and, and adventuring into the unknown with God. And... So I began my search, and um, it wasn't until I discovered the Daughters of St. Paul, who they have a bookstore in Metairie, Louisiana, where I'm from, mm -hmm. and uh, Sister Margaret Michael was their vocation director at the time, and she happened to give me Vision Magazine. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, mm -hmm. and as you know, Vision Magazine is a very helpful tool for people who are discerning. Yes. And they have a lot of great articles and lots of ads of different religious communities all over the world and so on. And so I took that home and I read it and I found them on the on the internet and I took what we call a vocation match, which is still out there today. Mm -hmm. And it was through that that I discovered our community. But of course I was bombarded with thoughts of emails. <laughs> from location directors all over the United States and the world. 
because I had no idea mm-hmm. at the time where God was calling me to. And curious as I was, in my inbox, I had three folders. Yes, no, maybe so. <laughs> and that helped. So I took a little closer look at the yes folder, and I found a, uh email from our community that that seemed, huh, well, sure. It described who we are. We, we are a monastic contemplative community called to a ministry of prayer. So I said, oh, okay, sure. And so I looked at our website, and I noticed that there was a monastic experience coming up. So I said, sure, why not? And I said to myself, well, I've never been to Missouri before. So the tricky part was because I come from a Hispanic family background, um, I I wanted to tell my parents that this is what I was thinking about because they had no idea. Yeah. And um, we have no religious in my family besides me. Mm-hmm. So this was an unknown territory for them. And um, at first, my dad thought it was a phase that I was going through. And um, so, anyway, I told them that I was considering this. I was like, sure, fine. And it wasn't until I came to visit my community that I felt some peace and at-home feeling. Mm -hmm. And that feeling stayed with me on and on. And I eventually entered my community in August of 2007. Now, I do have a bit of a disclaimer to say. Um, Even though my parents were not really familiar with our way of life and they could not really comprehend what was going on, and they, but luckily they've come to visit several times since I've entered, you know, and I've gone home and so on. So, but really, they can see that I'm happy mm-hmm. where I'm at, mm-hmm. and that's enough for me. Yeah, you know, I think I'm seeing a pattern in terms of being uh, the sense of being at home and knowing it, but you can't really know that until you actually take the risk, the first step, and start visiting and getting to know the communities. Because, you know, luckily for both of you, you found them. But um, other people, Mm -hmm. not so lucky, uh, a lot of challenges, and sometimes it takes them a while. And at some point, you do need to make a decision. You just have to try it out and trust and make that commitment Mm -hmm. if it's for Mm -hmm. you. And then you will know if you're at home. And then for the parents, especially for different cultures, sometimes that... Oh, my goodness, everybody else, but not my own child. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both for that. Um, mm-hmm. I, in in uh, maybe a couple more minutes, uh, we're going to take a break. But for now, let's start the conversation on, um, it, this is a good, because for the CSJs, you have a different um, kind of thrust. And then, of course, the Benedictines is more like monastic. And so we'll talk a little bit mm-hmm. more about that. And then towards the end of the show, before we end, um, uh, Sister Maria Victoria, we would like to talk a little bit more about the, um, I, I think you had a virtual monast- monastery experience, is that correct? Virtual monastic experience. Yeah, so yes. we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, we'll take a short break for now, okay, and then we'll be back. Great. Yeah. 
when I listen to my heart, I can hear you whisper, asking me lovingly to come and follow you. More and more people around the world are interested in their family history. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. This is Sister Lavina, your host, and with my guests who are calling in, Sister Mary Jo Kurtzinger and Sister Maria Victoria. We were just talking about vocation stories, fair instinct for both of them, and that sense of uh, trying to trust in that journey that God has given us, that call to respond and find out what God is for me and this life that um, being willing to serve and love God and others, what is this life that is being uh, laid out for me, which um, eventually we choose, and the sense of happiness and rightness, right? Um, and, and that fullness of life. Uh, let's go first with Sister Mary Jo, going back to you. Uh, I, I love the CSJs mm -hmm. and especially mm -hmm. your own community. Tell me, first okay. of all, what is your thrust? What makes your community unique? And then your uh -huh. particular convent um, and uh, the sisters will, you know, not just the famous ones, but the ones in your local area. Uh, uh -huh. what, what can you say would make your community unique? Well, our charism, Lavina, is unity, or unioning love, as we say. Um, it's that unity for which Jesus prayed the night before his passion, that all be one. And usually, you know, unity-making means reconciliation work. So going back to 17th century France with Ignatian and St. Francis de Sales as um, contributors, we are contemplatives in action. So our prayer 
with one another revolves around discerning how God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, is moving in us every day and in our community life. Um, This involves helping each other listen for that and discern our action together. So we, as a whole congregation, yes, the ones who started out in LaGrange, one of our founding congregations, but across the regions that I named earlier, have promised as a group to keep our prayer alive and to commit to actions in solidarity with all those who are oppressed and marginalized, human beings as well as Earth itself, you know, because our very life on Earth is under siege these days. So mm-hmm. with, with climate change and, um, and the dying of life forms. So we in the LaGrange area, yes, we have artists, we have, um, we have administrators of schools and professors of schools, especially retired these days, but we've offered online everything from prayer and retreat programs, especially during the pandemic, through our spirituality center here and in other parts of our congregation. We... Um, Sisters who are social workers, we have sisters who do health care and domestic violence work as well as really try to move forward with advocacy these days, especially with the, the oppressed and marginalized. That's great, Sister Mary Jo. If people want to reach you and your community, uh-huh. uh, what, is, what is your contact information or at least your website? Yeah, our website is um, www.csjoseph.com. Dot org, C.S. Joseph, Congregation of St. Joseph.org. And yeah, there's some nice videos of our sisters and associates talking about um, their vocation stories, actually. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sister Mary Jo. Now, on yes. to you, Sister Maria Victoria. Um, first of all, uh, before I forget, how would people reach you, your website? So, our website is. Um Benedictine Sisters, all lowercase, B-E-N-E-D-I-C-T-I-N-S-I-S-T-E-R-S.org. Okay, BenedictineSisters.org. And so uh, what about with the Benedictines, especially here in the U.S. and your community, what's what's your thrust, what's your, your charism, or what makes your community unique? So as I mentioned before, we are a monastic contemplative community called to a life of prayer. And even though we are not outside teaching in nursing homes, we are very much in tune with what is happening in our world and around us. Uh, We are called to pray for all people of all places and all times. And um, so we... We gather prayers and lift them up for everybody and everything. Mm-hmm. And we also believe in stewardship, uh, stewardship of our things, of each other. And with Benedict, his whole theory was ora elabora, balance of work and prayer. That's right. And so we firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, we believe in work at the same time. How were you able to uh, translate that in your virtual monastic experience then? So what we ended up doing, because, you know, with the pandemic happening, um, 
a lot of discerners haven't been able to go and visit mm-hmm. monasteries or convents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things we wanted to offer is a virtual experience. Okay. So um, we don't really have a lot of time. We have like a few seconds. But mm-hmm. what do you think, um, if you offer this again, would be, um, I, I guess, the one thing that you can say that people should not miss, especially discerners, about this virtual monastic experience? Well, I would say taking the risk mm-hmm. and just being a part of it. So, so do you, um, I mean, do you pray with them? You kind we of. We do, we mm-hmm. do. And we offer, um, we have a podcast mm. that people can listen to with the Liturgy of the Hours. Mm-hmm. Um, also have our virtual chapel tour. Mm-hmm. And ah. we get together um, twice a day sometimes. And so they pretty, you pretty much give them a taste of what your life is like. Exactly. Ah, now I would be interested in that too. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. I'm I'm afraid we've run out of time. Uh, hopefully, I can get you back here again um, another time, and we will have more conversation. For now, um, please uh, help me and join me pray for all those who have died during um, this time uh, with COVID or cancer, and for all of us who mourn someone. Um, that we lost, especially a friend of mine, Mary Janice, who died of cancer earlier this month. And blessings to everyone. Listen every first Thursday of the month, 8 to 8.30. Dare to love. God bless. Hey!